0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This is one of those days in the church year where we celebrate doctrine. It's not uh, an easy feast, as it were, but we celebrate Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and it's, it's all about relationship we ask the age-old question, how can God be three persons in relationship and yet one God? Talking about God in relationship like we're talking about our own relationships is a bit mundane. I mean, what's the big deal? The reality is that there are many dimensions of our life in God, that we don't understand, and we may never understand until we're seated at the heavenly banquet. And I don't know about you, but I'm keeping track of a long list of questions that I want answered. But for now, as Saint Paul says in Hebrews 11, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And so for now, I believe. The big deal is that God is in relationship in a way that we are not. Or even better, God is in a relationship the way that we're intended to be and are invited to be by virtue of our baptism even now. Do you believe I wanna start with the significance of the number three, as in three persons of the Trinity. Significance not in some mystical way, but rather what happens when you add a third to a pair. My girls and I used to help out on a very regular basis with a family of triplets. In fact, the triplets came for Hannah's birthday party or confirmation, graduation party. (laughs) I'll get it right. I know, time is flying, it's flying. Um, A couple of weeks ago uh, here at the church and it was a great surprise for Hannah. But when they were little and they were first born, we would go, Um, every Monday and Friday morning for the 5 a.m. feeding. Yes. (laughs) And then we would get them washed up and down for their nap. And we did that for about a year and a half. And it was fun as they got a little bit older to watch them play. And to watch what happened when you added the third one to a pair of two. When two of those kiddos were playing, and it didn't matter which two, and they were playing nicely and having a good time and babbling as babies do, and the third one would come along and plop themselves down in the middle, the whole dynamic would change, usually upsetting the natural pairing of the first two and demanding a game change. You see, our world is incredibly binary, composed of pairs. Pairs that go together, pairs that define each other and are even defined over and by each other. Think about it. Almost everything that we know, we learned in contrast to pairs. Yes and no no. Up and down, hot and cold, left and right, boy and girl, and so on. And of course, how we learned it was more in contrast. No was not yes, hot was not cold, etc. In the same way we learned who we are in the world, I am a woman, not a man. I am rich by the rest of the world's standards, not poor. I am white, not black. I am a Christian. And so on it goes. And this is okay for learning contrasts over and against each other. And then there's the element of power. Think about good versus evil. And the temptation in Eden is a good example. To know the difference was to have power. And so Adam and Eve seek to have independence from God, and they end up as a result in a place where they only know who they are in relation to who they now are not. And I say this to speak of the Trinity, because they are not like that. They do not do that. They cannot define themselves against each other, but in, with, and through each other. So God the Father is not defined as the one who is not the Son and who is not the Spirit. Rather, rather God the Father cannot be God the Father apart from the Son and apart from the Spirit. It's the Son and the Spirit who give the context for, and make sense of, even make possible, the Father. Theirs is a mutual and a free and a shared interdependent relationship. And you know the great thing? In our baptism, you and I are invited to know who we are, Not in terms of who we aren't, but rather in terms of how much a part of that relationship we are. Isn't that a fantastic thing? We come to know who we are in terms of whom we belong, to whom we belong. This treasured possession of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's why we profess the creed every Sunday. That's why we affirm the truth of that God in which we believe. The Father who has aspirations for his children. One of which is to adopt us and make us his own. In our baptism we become sons and daughters of the king. Princes and princesses. Royalty. In baptism, we received God's mark, the sign of the cross. We receive God's name, Christian. We become inheritors of his joy so that we never have to live in despair. We become inheritors of his peace so that we never have to live in fear. And like every father, God wants us to have what's best for us. And he knows exactly what that is, and he's able to make that happen if we just stay out of his way. In fact, he's already done everything that's necessary to guarantee it, not just in this life but in eternal life as well. And so in the second part of the creed, we say, I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord. Our Heavenly Father loved us so much that he gave his Son, Jesus, to die for each and every one of us. Even though we don't deserve it, we've become inheritors of his righteousness. So that even when we're disobedient, every single day of the world, even when we sin, even when our hearts are unclean, evil never, ever has the last word. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we inherit new life so that guilt and shame, sin and evil never have power or control over us. That's what we profess in the Creed. And we say that we believe in the Holy Spirit. When Jesus finished his work and our sins were paid for and our salvation was one, he returned to the Father And together he and the Father sent the Holy Spirit to make sure that we get everything that he has to give us. All the gifts, all the power. So that as scripture says, we can do even greater things. Think about that for a minute. We can do even greater things than Jesus himself did. Do you believe that? And we sit here. Do you believe that? Because when we were baptized, God took up residence in us. We became a part of something much bigger than ourselves. Our life is about much more than ourselves. It's about far more than earthly things. It's about things that last for all eternity. things that matter like loving God and serving our neighbor and proclaiming the truth about God to lost and hurting people. Do you believe that? That's what we profess when we say the creed. That's why I encourage you to use the sign of the cross to bless yourself whenever we say those words in worship as a reminder of the depths to which God went to draw us into this Trinitarian embrace, so that we might be complete in them, so that we never ever forget. The risen one who by the power of the Holy Spirit makes manifest the love of God for all of us and all the world. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Will you stand with me and profess that ancient creed, which is so relevant and so powerful for us today, as we say, I believe in God.